You know who. Say. Master Blaster. Minute where we try to find out who really runs Barter Town by watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 22, which begins with Master asking his most recognizable inquiry, and it ends with the power coming back to Barter Town. Here to help us answer the big questions in life is George Hendricks from the Mogwai Minute. Hello, hello. Hey, George. And I'm pretty sure that we find out in this minute who exactly does run Barter Town. It's pretty convenient. <laughs> it's nice that such an iconic scene is all contained into one succinct little minute. Very convenient for us. <laughs> who would have known? Yeah, for once it worked out. Yep. Yeah. We're not cutting off a punchline to a different minute. <laughs> <laughs> George, you're an old hat when it comes to podcasting. You ran the complete coverage of the movie Gremlins. And of course, you've guest hosted on, oh gosh, have you kept track about how many shows you've been on? I actually tried to, I was talking to Rob Lumley the other day from Titanic Minute and was trying to like run down my guest appearances. And I think I got everything, but it was a lot. <laughs> if there is a bingo card of guest hosts to have on a movie by minute podcast, you're definitely somewhere on that card. So I'll go grab my dabber off of the bookshelf and make sure I fill that in. I don't think I've got bingo yet, but we'll get there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone else is a lot closer to getting it, but that's beside the point. <laughs> the first thing we see this minute is Max standing by as Blapster has just finished turning down the power and we get a nice close-up on master as he's speaking into the intercom and he utters that world famous line who run barter town we waste zero time in getting to the meat and potatoes of this minute yeah he also doesn't use contractions yeah it's a little frustrating or pluralizations like it's just why do i mean it's just one extra letter why not say who runs i mean you have say s's and other things <laughs> We were talking about that last week, and I think we came to the conclusion that it's just Master talking down to everybody. Like, he just assumes, because it's the post-apocalypse, that everyone is too dumb <laughs> to understand. He's a little person, so he feels that like he needs to use baby talk. Exactly. You think it's like, you, who run Barter Town? Who run Barter Town? Who run Barter Town? <laughs> Too many years hanging out with Blaster. Must be. He's just not so. used to like foaming those full sentences, yeah. Personally, I've never been in a situation where someone threatens to take their ball and go home. But I feel like this is the post-apocalyptic equivalent of that. Bl Master has got his feelings hurt because Max was saying a lot of mean things about where he lives. And so he's going to take all of the power and take it away so no one can have any fun. Literally take all of the power. Yeah. I've done that. Really? Yeah. You shut down an entire civilization just because you didn't like what someone had to say? Yes, yes, I did. I wow, have that's a intense. memory of I must have Take been note, listeners. six, seven, or eight. We were playing with dolls in our driveway. Like the whole like other neighborhood kids were in our driveway. We were playing with dolls and they wouldn't play the way I wanted to play, so I sent them home. You sent them home? I said, get out of my driveway. We're not playing dolls anymore. Did you ask them who run driveway town? <laughs> If only I had, I would give anything <laughs> to Who have said that. Run driveway town. <laughs> and then they're like, you run driveway town. Louder. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. 
Yes. And I have a distinct memory of staying in the driveway playing with my dolls by myself. Wow. That's some shade right there. It's like, watch me brush my Barbie hair. Wow. Yes. I did not know that about you. <laughs> I can't you learn something new about your spouse so all the time. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm speechless, actually. Like, <laughs> we've been married nearly 10 years, and I'm just now hearing this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently you play with the dolls the right way and have never had to see her full wrath. I guess so. Yeah. Well, we're not a doll house. You know? mm. <laughs> Welcome to the doll house. I guess so. George, have you ever deprived other people of your company and playthings out of a fit of rage? I mean, I think I was pretty generally uh, open and accepting with my dolls back in the day. <laughs> well, you're a better uh, there's man been than a few I. times in recording I've wanted to shut down my podcast and take my mic and go home, but uh, that's a different thing altogether. I think Rick can sympathize with that too i look i'm out i'm gonna go do something else i refuse to comment further on that (laughs) because despite my personal feelings at the time a finished product was produced and that's the that's always the case like no matter how it seems at the time you always end up with something at the end so right because if you quit the podcast you're just gonna have to re-record the episode later Mm -hmm. pretty much in this situation master is seizing a lot of Well, I'm just going to keep saying power because as much of a pun and play on words as it is, it is actually the case. It's a little on the nose there, Rick, but whatever. But it seems that Auntie's strategy for controlling Bartertown are jaunty little sayings and things that are easy to chant. And as great of an idea as that is, I kind of feel like there's not really a jaunty chant that can control Master. He seems to just be completely dismissing of any of those I don't even know what to call them. They're not rhymes. They're not limericks. They're just little slogans. Yeah. Yeah. They're almost like commandments. Like the Ten Commandments are boiled down to jaunty little phrases. Yeah. To make them simple. So everybody knows they shouldn't kill people and they shouldn't steal things. And so you shouldn't break a deal or you face the wheel. Or end up in the Thunderdome. Yeah. Let's see. What kind of goes with embargo? It's like... Escargo? If, if... Your way things don't go, you may not embargo, or something like that. That's a bit of a Yoda thing. Yeah. A little. I might be straying into a different movie series, but yeah, I just, I think that's one of the main reasons that Auntie wants to, uh, for lack of a better term, humble master because there's no little catchphrase no little slogan that she can pull on his leash with right she's having trouble controlling him yeah and he's also probably just got the market cornered with who run barter town i mean that's pretty much in a phrase in its own self i bet she's kind of kicking herself not having that one thought up ahead of time like oh man wish i'd come up with that she was trying to do a rhyming couplet when she just needed a simple phrase <laughs> overthinking it mm-hmm. yeah you know sometimes when you're used to the more complicated phrases it's hard to simplify back down it's like a strange creative stop that that you can get sometimes speaking of auntie the next thing we see is auntie up in her penthouse and she's talking on her end of the intercom and she's got an interesting i would say expression except it's kind of blank you can see that there are wheels turning in her head as she's standing there listening to master ask who run Bartertown. And the corners of her mouth are distinctly downturned. Yeah. She's not happy. Like, she's upset at having to deal with this nonsense, but she also knows that if she can't talk Master down off of this 
figurative ledge that it's going to cause a lot more trouble than she's willing to handle. Do you think that like the whole uh, like casting of Our Lady Tina Turner, it was a bit of a stunt cast on their part or it was like a legitimate like, yeah, why not? I think she'd be a really good fit for this role. I think a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I think they finally had the money to spend on somebody like Tina Turner. So they did. But she also has a very distinct presence that serves the role of auntie entity very, very well. Yeah. Not everybody can play Auntie Entity. Yeah, she's got that natural charisma to her. Yeah. Also, one of the one of the slogans was Max is back and Tina's got him. So obviously they were playing that as hard as they could. They're like, Tina's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can thank Warner Brothers for that one. <laughs> that American money, they assume that they can make the American decisions. <laughs> well, I think this movie proved exactly that. Yeah. Oh. And also, this was this movie was so far off the rails from the first two. That's remember that's the thing, that's one thing I remember taking away as a kid because I'd seen the I, I never saw the original. I saw the second one, and then I saw this one, and I was like, "What did I just watch?" <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like nine, ten years old. You know, like you know, a little after eighty five probably watch this on VHS with my parents or something like that. And I was just like, that was like, wait, we got, we got Mad Max and now we got this and we got weird little people and they're fighting. And then now there's like a, he's, he's out in the desert. Now he's like rescuing kids and like, what, you know, it was just completely off the rails from the traditional, like, you know, like one man against like, you know, like a whole army of crazy people. I love it when people use the phrase, this movie went off the rails because I'm pretty sure this is the only movie in the series that actually has railroads. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ironic. It is. It is. The more time I spend with this movie, the more behind it I get, you know? Oh, definitely. Like before we started this project, I was part of the vocal majority where Road Warrior was the best, Fury Road is comparable, the first one is there and not necessary to watch, and the third one is just the weird one. And going back and looking at the first two movies and now looking at this one and being, this is week eight of us examining this movie, and I'm totally on board. Hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, it's definitely got a different own style. It stands out by far as far as like, you know, just tone. Well, I mean, Fury Road's like I said, it's a totally different beast. It's new and it has a more different, you know, thing going on. But as far as the earlier, like the 80s side of stuff, it definitely is the, the bright and shining flare in the middle of like the more sedate action fair you get from the other stuff yeah now I, I will say i am reserving my judgment because we have not yet left barter town we have not yet gone beyond thunderdome mm. and considering that's the title of the movie it is a fairly important aspect to it but i'm having a lot of fun in barter town at least <laughs> well everyone definitely has like a, they the whole barbarian thing has that whole like steampunk Everyone's like, oh, Vernon Wells. Well, yeah, we'll look like him all the time. And so that's just what everyone dresses like in Barter Town. Yeah. <laughs> so Master, this character, this guy, I think one of the most frustrating things about him is his tone, the way that he speaks, because he's talking to Auntie like someone talking to a child. Auntie sees Master as an ally, a frustrating one, but an ally, someone that's not exactly level with her, but someone that's maybe like a step down, uh -huh. but still... A powerful figure. Master, on the other hand, walks around looking down at everybody, like literally and figuratively because he's riding on Blaster's back, but he's got this chip on his shoulder and he just thinks he's better than everyone. He is the chip on the shoulder. Oh, that's a very good point. <laughs> if you could take that phrasing and distill it down to a person, you would get Master. Pretty much. He is basically mini-me without a Dr. Evil. 
he is the distilled Napoleon the d- the disease of like you know just centuries. I don't know how long this takes after the Napoleonic era, but he's like definitely taking the whole Napoleon syndrome to uh, another level. <laughs> exactly. So Master, like I said, is talking down to Auntie. He asks who run Bartertown. Auntie, not willing to answer him right out, says, "You know who." He demands that she say it, and she responds with Master Blaster. Now you could argue semantics. But this isn't the Semantics Dome, and none of us are E.B. White. (laughs) Master Blaster does not run Barter Town, and I'm putting my foot down on that. That is my stance. That is my belief. That is the hill that I'm going to die on. I agree with you, but I don't think that he knows that. Yeah. I mean, he runs Underworld. There is a place that he runs. Mm -hmm. But when you think of the phrase running Barter Town, he has no input on the daily trade. He has no input on when Thunderdome is declared. He doesn't work directly with the Collector and Dr. Dealgood. And the fact that he thinks that he can hold everyone over a proverbial barrel and just run Barter Town in name only that's just ah it frustrates me well that also is what makes him expendable because he is in a position of authority but also not as autonomous as he thinks he's replaceable he's essentially a foreman of an electric plant yeah and the foreman is not the same as the mayor like you can say america runs on duncan's but duncan donuts is not the white house well i mean (laughs) you might have a difference of opinion up in the you know massachusetts area but i agree with your point So that frustration, that level of frustration that you feel, that's exactly how Auntie feels. Exactly. I'm totally on her side in this instance. Agreed. Honestly, with everything we've seen of Master so far, it's hard to imagine ever being sympathetic to him. Yeah, it really is. He's kind of a jerk, yeah. He talks down to everybody. I think he abuses his relationship with Blaster, especially by the end of this week, we're going to see just really demeaning and crappy, pardon the pun, (laughs) treatment of Blaster. Mm -hmm. And not only is Master condescending and just mean, but as he's trying to coax these answers out of Auntie, and Auntie is, of course, kowtowing to him to just get the power back, just for no other reason to get the power back, but she's entertaining his requests, and he flips a switch on the intercom so that when she answers him back another time with Master Blaster, suddenly she is broadcasting all over town. And the look on her face when she says Master Blaster that second time and she hears that everybody in town is listening, she looks absolutely surprised and scandalized and it is an amazing expression. (laughs) It really is. She is quite aghast, yes. That's the word I was looking for, (laughs) aghast. It's clear that this conversation has happened before. Mm -hmm. Probably many times but never before has master made it public in this way so i'm wondering what's different about this time could be that he's trying to show off to max well max was just talking down to him so yeah he's uh yeah Yeah. someone came down to his level to his underworld and started oh how do i say this you know i'll just bleep out the bad word (laughs) talking him (laughs) (laughs) he wasn't gonna stand for it throwing his weight around Yeah. Yeah. So not only does he have to embarrass Auntie, but he has to embarrass her in front of the entire town. And after Auntie realizes that the PA system is working, we cut outside and there are so many people just standing around in the streets of Bartertown. Yeah, don't they have jobs? 
Exactly. Maybe it's the Go fact do that something. the PA Dang. doesn't usually turn on. <laughs> like, this is a special thing that the PA system is working. But they're just literally standing around, staring up at the loudspeakers. And yeah, shouldn't they be moving around and doing stuff? Well, the power has already gone out. It, it's only been probably less than a minute, but the power has already gone out. And I think it's typical when there's an event, when something happens for people to naturally gather Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they were doing. I think they were coming out from all their different places that they're doing their trading or eating their meals or having their two hours with a woman and gathering in a common place because something bad has happened. Oh, man. If you're in the middle of your like your two hours with a woman, is that like a movie theater where the power goes out, you get a free ticket? <laughs> Why do you need power during your two hours with a woman? Well, I, I'm just mean because well, they had to stop and go out and see what was going on. <laughs> Maybe they have one of those uh, little stop clocks. Also, question, if Master Blaster shuts the power down, how does the intercom still work? You know, I had that same question. <laughs> and it kind of tells me that Master specifically had the PA system wired to a different circuit. That's pretty petty. He went through all that work, all that effort, well, just so he could still have the PA system. That's like taking your dolls and going home. <laughs> <laughs> or at least sending everyone away from your home with your dolls. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. I think Master <laughs> wanted to be able to talk to people while he had the embargo on because he's petty. What a little turd. That's, that's, I mean, that is pretty petty. So with the entire town listening, Master Blaster coaxes Auntie to say once again, Master Blaster runs Barter Town and he demands that she say it louder. And she says it one last time, Master Blaster runs Barter Town with just that very specific Tina Turner way of saying things. And oh, if looks could kill. Yeah. <laughs> she is staring into that periscope that leads down into Underworld and she is just shooting daggers into that little IP. Piece. So if Auntie has a periscope down to Underworld, why doesn't he have one going up to her penthouse? Well, if I were Auntie, I, the last thing I would want is a periscope leading up to my penthouse. It's invasion of privacy. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing up here, you know? Okay, well, I agree with that. But she gets to watch him work. Why doesn't he get to watch her work? That's also her office. Well, she works from home. Yeah. That's just another reason why he, he doesn't really control Bartertown as much as he thinks he does. When you work from home, your boss still has the right to check up on you. Yeah, but I don't think they have the right to use like a webcam or a weird periscope thing to look into your home. Yeah, but in the real world, neither do superiors watch the electric plant with on a video camera. Like, oh, you better keep doing your work because I'm actually watching you on a camera. Yeah, I don't think they ever watch from home. Because I think with Master Blaster, I think he lives in that giant truck power generator thing yeah. in the middle of Underworld. Yeah. And I don't think the periscope can see that. Right. I'm just saying that... The observing abilities are awfully one-sided. Yeah. I think if Auntie had like an office, if she had like a separate workspace away from her living space, then Blaster would have either a periscope or they would have this like rudimentary CC camera thing. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You think I, they'd be able to whip up a, a camera? A camera? And television setup? I mean, 
I, maybe. I, maybe? This is still first generation. So exactly. the people who made those things back before the collapse are still alive. So why not? Maybe it's been a while, but... Yeah, it's only been like 20 years or so. And there yeah. are still old televisions that are functioning from over 20 years ago. Yeah, definitely. It's not like you'd have to create it from scratch. You would just have to maintain and repair ones that existed before. I mean, the only specific thing about cameras and video feeds is the very specific connectors at the end. The wires are still just copper. Yeah. Hmm. So I think we, we missed out on an opportunity for them to have a funny little camera on television thing where Master's face is filling up this TV screen and then we get this very equally unflattering shot of Auntie showing up on a TV screen in Underworld and they're just talking heads going back at each other. <laughs> kind of an Arnim Zola type thing. Yeah. <laughs> you should get a recording of that video and then just playing it on loop. Oh. Just her saying, who, uh, like, Master Blaster runs bar to town. Master Blaster is the exact type of person that would find an old VCR and just hit record on that tape and then just play it on loop in Underworld to make it just that much more of a torturous experience. He's such a troll. Oh, he is. You could even say he kind of lives underneath a bridge. <laughs> he does. I just He just needs a trilby instead of the other hat. Uh, you know, and uh, like be a weird advocate for men's rights, and uh, then he would be like the total internet package. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. he's so close. <laughs> we get the great example of that because when Master says, "Ah, lift embargo," he is so smug that you just want to like punch him in the face even though he's like 80 years old in this movie <laughs> like he's not a young man in this movie at all and i don't usually advocate for the punching of old people because you know they're frail unless it's absolutely necessary oh my gosh sometimes they just deserve it <laughs> it's need to <laughs> like i try not to listen i have a moral code i'm trying not to but i'm just gonna have to punch you old guy See, the trouble is in barter town they have the thunderdome and you can't just haul off and fight someone because then the guards are going to intervene and there's going to be a lot of shouting and everyone in the square is going to see it i mean great it, it does result in a pretty good show but but in the end one of you is going to die yeah so your desire just to punch a guy in the face is going to turn into somebody dying and that somebody could be you that's a high price for wanting to punch someone in the face you just have to know that when you haul off and punch somebody that you can take them in a fight yeah i mean yeah you just got to be careful it's an interesting setup that auntie has arranged yeah <laughs> for this place <laughs> so you're gonna end up walking around barter town like judging everybody you see could i beat that guy at thunderdome could i beat that guy at thunderdome who can i pick on and still keep my life in thunderdome and who should i not mess with because i could die it definitely forces the hand of social evolution that's for sure yeah it's not a perfect system there are flaws and there are exploitable aspects to it <laughs> to be sure <laughs> but you know they're trying their best they're making a go at it and seeing how that turns out. So Master, like I said, declares lift embargo and Max watches Blaster turn the valve on the generator and all the lights come back up. And we go from Underworld up to the entry tunnel where the Collector sits. And as the lights come up, we can see that Ironbar and the other guards have formed more or less a human wall to make sure that people aren't sneaking past the Collector into Barter Town. It's very smart. I think they handled it very well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they've had power outage drills. As the lights come back on, there doesn't seem to be a lot of chaos. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they have a plan and do this kind of all the time. Yeah, because there's no free rides. You can't slip into Barter Town if you've got nothing to trade. Like, they're very exclusive. It's like a club. Not that I've ever been to a club. I just kind of assume. You've never been to a club? Nope. <laughs> Interesting. I've, I've been, they're not my thing. I've been to a few with other, other people, but... Uh, 
um, they're they're fine. But you know, this is definitely a diff- different level, much higher level of uh, exclusivity. Yeah, I, I doubt there are many clubs out there that require you to show up with rabbit skins just in order to get through the door. I mean, I think they just take cash. Probably in like New York, cover. maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you got all your teeth. That, uh, all right, you can go in. I imagine that there are probably people watching Barter Town, just keeping an eye on it, because if things do start to go down, like if there's no power then the guards in the tunnel are at a disadvantage. And if you want to, I don't know, aggress against Barter Town, when the power is out is a good time to do it. Well, then they'd probably be best served by sneaking somebody in through that back tunnel right into Underworld and sabotaging the plant. Yeah. But I mean, aside from monkeys, how many people know about that back entrance? That's kind of like the... The kids found it awfully easy. Well, they're children. They're they're nosy and they get into places. If you have one thing you don't want a kid to find, just put it anywhere. They'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of see that tunnel that goes into Underworld kind of like the secret mountain pass in 300. Like the hunchback knew about it and he told Xerxes about it and then the 300 got flanked. Like if someone really wanted to get into Barter Town, they could just find someone who's disgruntled enough to let them in. True that. But the problem is that the people who are disgruntled enough are in chains in Underworld. Exactly. They're not <laughs> getting out except, you know, when Thunderdome's been declared. <laughs> Like like we said, it's not a perfect system. <laughs> it's not, but up till now, it's been working fine. More or less. Yeah. I mean, they don't have complete infrastructure yet, but they're slowly working on it. I think Auntie just needs to diversify her power sources. Like right now, they're leaning very heavily on methane. And it's like, okay, maybe if we send out some people and find some other scientists, and diversify our options. Mm-hmm. Take some of the power away from Master that way. Or, you know, you just hire a road warrior to kill Blaster. You know, see how that goes for you. Yeah. So you get your stuff back. Mm-hmm. And your camels. Oh, spoiler. And, yeah. and we're going <laughs> to see how that last plan plays out as we keep talking about this week. We're going to put a pin in the movie for now, so that way we can keep talking about it on Wednesday. And in the meantime, George, if people wanted to find more of your stuff on the internet, what's the best place they should go to? Well, um, you could go check out moviesbyminutes.com, where a plethora of Movie by Minute um, podcasts are up and available for listening. And I'm on quite a few of those. But my own, which is also on that website, is the Mogwai Minute. And you can find us on... Pretty much anywhere you want to type that into the internet. It'll pop up and that'll be us. If you type in the Mogwai Minute, we show up above the band Mogwai from Scotland. So, I mean, we have a pretty decent placement on Google Analytics. Very cool. <laughs> but if you just type in Mogwai, it will be the band for about five hits and then we'll show up. <laughs> nice. The Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. And our outro music is We Don't Need Another Hero by MilitiaVox of MilitiaVox.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute, and join our Facebook listener group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com where you can check out our Tee Public storefront by clicking the store link join our patreon by clicking the support link or make a one-time donation by clicking the donate link thank you for joining us for minute 22 beyond thunderdome we'll see you next time Everybody!